Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. breakfast yes, uh, we did. and we're all kind of so you're going to hear we, we don't uh, want to take a nap at well all. some of us had a big breakfast some of us wish they had a big breakfast <laughs> david ordered specifically no mushrooms and they put mushrooms in it i so. said onions on my omelet no mushrooms the chick did the opposite put mushrooms no onions and i i, I went like halfway through it <laughs> like before i realized and i'm even like removing like mushrooms i've identified them at this point and i'm moving them and i'm still thinking like at some point my omelet's going to be correct i don't know what i was thinking but i ended up with a huge pile afterward i told my waitress to take a picture of it and look at it occasionally <laughs> <laughs> uh, chad and i both had exactly what we wanted yeah, to order, exactly. so clearly we're favored um over David. That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, a couple yeah. quick things. One, uh, there is work going on in the building right now, so you might hear the sound of rumbling either from the saws they're using or the, our stomachs because we just ate a big breakfast. Yeah. We, we'll it's the like, saws if you hear right. It's yeah. Totally the saws. If you hear no. weird rumbling noises, it's definitely the work going on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that, that may or may not show up in the, in the live stream. Uh, the second one is that uh, we got out of Facebook or YouTube jail. jail. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Joe Biden personally was watching our feed. We, we've kind of well, become that's big enough. Us back in jail. Yeah, yeah we've come a big enough. We've, <laughs> yeah, that's probably we've become a big enough deal now that we feel like the man is watching and listening, and we probably got censored because of that. Um, <laughs> actually, the the policy we violated was some kind of a spam thing. They thought we were trying to make money or do actually something. nobody cares about this nobody podcast, does. and nobody knows <laughs> what we're doing. No one's even paying attention to what's going on here. Anyway, the, we the bots up. know. The bots know all. They yeah. know everything. We chalked it up to a fluke. Uh, anyway, if you missed last week's episode on YouTube, uh, that link is now good, and you can go there and watch it if you'd like to. So you can double up this week. That's double yeah. dose. Yeah, unless we get blocked again because of, <laughs> because of this week's topics. That's right. We did. Uh, we did talk to a couple a few weeks back who uh, showed up on a Sunday morning. Remember? And they're like, "Yeah, we just watched the one decent pastor this morning before we came to church." I'm like, "That's hardcore on a that Sunday to like watch the podcast and then come to church." Like, that is you know, good. Good for you guys. So. Yeah. yeah. Extra points for that. Yeah. So, yep. Star on the chart. So, anything else that needs to be uh, talked about? That's it. Dive in. Dive in. All right. Let's okay. go. Let's, let's do let's it. Let's roll. Well, let's oh, wait, 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 oh. wait. Wait. Okay. Waiting. Oh. Chat's a pop-up. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any announcements? Uh, yeah. Any cool happen? Uh, I'm a grandpa. As of last night, about 9.30, so our, our first grandson was born. It's awesome. And you look like a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll take that in the best way Sounds possible. a compliment. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's doing well. Hudson, baby Hudson, are healthy. Hudson. Seven pounds. Seven pounds, something. I remember, I think 12, 12 ounces, ounces maybe. Yeah, so typical okay. grandpa. That's all? Yeah. Or long? Uh, I didn't Tall. get that information. Oh, that information wow. wasn't, wasn't disclosed. Oh, so. I'll bet it was. No, I, I can show you the text. <laughs> It was just just the weight was all, but, but yeah. I, I can say about about that big. There you go. You know, yeah. Healthy, healthy yeah. Uh, mama and healthy baby. And, yeah, everybody's healthy. And happy grandma and grandpa. Doing well. Yeah. 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 Congratulations. Yeah. Be changing so, blowout diapers for you now. Chad, Chad no. has joined the club. The youngest among us is also now <laughs> a grandpa. So it's awesome. 
Yeah. yeah. That was big news. That, that was, was big news. Papa Chad. Yeah. yeah. Papa Chad. That's a new one. <laughs> I, I, Papa I, Chad. I think it's going to be Pops. Uh, there was some debate. I think I think Pops is what was decided. What's Jill, what's Jill want to be called? Um, mom, Mom. Mom, Mom? Yeah. Hmm. Which, that's cool for a little kid to say that, but like, I'm, as an adult, you're not going to say Mom, Mom. mom. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> my, my, uh, maybe it's Carrie. What does she go by? Carrie goes by Gigi. Okay. My, Gigi. My sister-in-law goes by Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's like, based on who we know in the world today, just, no. Right. <laughs> don't go by Gaga. <laughs> anyway. That's right. funny. Yeah. That may be one of the funnier ones I've heard. It's, it, it works, but I, all I can think of is Lady Gaga, and that's just right. horrifying. That's awesome. So, right. Okay, Brent, now you can pray. Okay, that's time to <laughs> shut up and start going. All right. Uh, Father, thanks for uh, for the wonderful news of a, of a healthy new baby being born and that, that Chad and Joe get to be grandparents. Pray for your blessing upon this whole situation there and, mm. and uh, that you continue to grow this little one up uh, to meet you one day. And so we, we pray to that end. We pray that you'd be with us as we talk about these different uh, subjects this morning and that you would be glorified and that your church would be edified. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so we've got a, a few different topics today. We're going to be talking about uh, sermon stealing, about uh, whether Jesus actually talked more about hell than heaven, hmm. and then we're going to talk about should children sit through big church. Absolutely not. Those are the, those are the big topics. So we start out with sermon stealing. Or plagiarism uh, seems to be kind of um, maybe a little bit of an uptick in this nowadays. Uh, that, you know, people pastors borrowing mm-hmm. uh, sermons from other pastors online and then preaching them. I don't know. Well, with social media too, like again, like social media has done so many wonders for modern civilization. But one of them is that like we can go find things so easily, right? And um, to where it can actually maybe become more of a temptation now. Than maybe it used to be. Not that people never used to plagiarize, because I'm sure it's always been a thing. It's not something yeah, it's just easier now. It's just so easy now to, to hear something that um, and, and just go like, yeah, that 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 helps me a lot because well, I'm behind many, this week. So many websites don't you know like they don't just have audio or video, but they have transcripts yes. as well. Some so it's easy to just go find even a transcript, so you don't even have to transcribe you know a podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that there's actually sermon or uh, websites dedicated to. This. So there's something like sermoncentral.com where you can okay. go in and find a well-rated sermon, and you can download it. So, so this was one of my questions. Maybe we'll just jump in there. Sure. So, so those I can't believe how common those are. When I started looking at yeah. this, that there's websites where that encourage pastors to come on and purchase a sermon from them. Yeah, which would be one. plagiarism, right? Unless you're telling people that Sunday, I went and bought this, someone else wrote it. Right. Which that's another issue in and of itself. Okay. But. Yeah. yeah, there's other though. problems there. Yeah, but. no, it's yeah. funny because they literally rate them like you would a meal on Yelp or something like that, or a, a business, or so you get you can find a four star. Oh, that's only a three and a half star sermon. I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. But you know, oh, a five star sermon. You know, yeah, and they probably charge more for. What a weird world we live in. <laughs> it, it is so weird. weird. Yeah. Well, it's become more common. We've even you know we've seen it locally. There's been um, I know there was a, a church here in, in Bend that went through this with the, with their pastor and kind of warned him and then he kept continued to do it and then they ended up having to um, fire him basically he didn't think it was an issue right when he no, was apparently, confronted apparently not he thought it was normal but wh- why do you think it's become more common one is what you already said it's just because yeah. of ease of access but why else has it become maybe more common 
Well, I think sometimes you know guys aren't trying to necessarily be malicious in their plagiarism. It's you know I think you're a busy week and you know something's not coming together. You're struggling with the text. You know it gets down to you know Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening and it's like you got nothing. It's easy to just go find something online. Sure. Um, and so it's more of a you know, out of desperation maybe than it is to mm-hmm. with ill intent. Yeah. It's still wrong, but yeah. um, you know I think for a lot of guys it's more you know out of desperation at times. How it could be it? a lack of discipline. It could be you know someone who just is is actually just lazy in in um, how they manage their time and whatnot, and that's just a, a way to do it. I think more than that, like a lot of it, in my opinion, speaks these days to just people that don't belong in the pulpit. Sure. It's just untrained people um, that that aren't called um, to to be filling the shoes that they're trying to fill, yeah. and um, and so they're not filling it. <laughs> they're, they're borrowing it. So. That makes sense. In regards to the time, I was just gonna you know point out. I don't know. I think some people think that it, you can throw a sermon together in, in a pretty short period of time. Well, some, um, some, someone can. <laughs> <laughs> Chad can do it better than we can. But I mean, how long? How long does it normally take you? To I'm, pro- I'm probably like you. I'm probably 15, 20 hours, and that yeah. doesn't mean like button my seat like um, with books open, but it does mean like heavy head time, like right. meditation. So it could be driving or whatever. Like it, it there's, it's always there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would probably be maybe maybe five to ten hours in a chair, editing, typing, researching, right. and all that, and then probably another you know five to ten hours, um, just walking around with it, thinking yeah. about it constantly. It, it, it takes yeah. a lot of time to, to craft a, a, a sermon and and to, to research the scriptures and to you know to, to put it together in a coherent way with with in a way that will hopefully be easy to understand and easy to apply. Yeah. Uh, it's not something you just throw together. At least, you know, I would think, I thought like over the years, maybe it would become yeah. easier to do this and it would take me less time. And it just. I have nightmares yeah. <laughs> frequently of just throwing a sermon together. Yeah. And getting up to preach in front of I do too. A, a church where I'm not prepared. And it's where I'm just, I'm just on the whim, on the fly. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just like show, show my radness and how, how well I can preach. Uh, and my Bible knowledge on the on the fly, and it's like a nightmare. I literally like at some point wake up from each of those, like, oh, I have you, those. Lord. Nice I have those. Thank too. you, Lord. And it's always more people than ever that yes. come that day. Yes. And they're looking at me, and I'm standing up there, just kind of going, yeah. I just have nothing. Yeah. It's unprepared. And pretty soon they the all nightmare. they all start leaving. Yes. It's it's just a <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The church fails. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I, no, I, it's, it's I had that happen once. Where, no, that's, that's oh, not good. Where, everybody left? No, no, no. Was this at a funeral? No, like a lot too, but that's, that's another story for another time. No, I had it happen once where just wrestling a week through the text, and it wasn't even like a super difficult text. It was just one of those weeks where nothing was coming together. Uh, and it got down to, you know, I was up till 1 o'clock in the morning on you know, Saturday, and just nothing, and I just had to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I woke up Sunday morning with nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to pull something together Sunday morning, and you know, it wasn't that I neglected anything during the week. I, mean, I had a lot of time into this, and it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Uh, and I stepped up into the pulpit with blank, I mean, I had my iPad, but you know, blank, blank notes, uh, and preached. And, and somehow God just made it work through no no act of me, right. right? God made it work, but that was like probably one of the scarier sermons I've ever preached. Yeah. I think that's a, something, you know, I, I, I appreciate the time that you guys put into these. You know, you, dividing the scriptures accurately matters mm-hmm. to us, and we don't want to just get up there and say something that's that's errant or uh, it's right. a big deal. And, and we answer to God for that sometime, and it matters to the, the church. So the time that it takes to put into a sermon is, is sure. a huge thing. Um, P- 
people that aren't really called yeah. is, is probably a huge thing. What Cause, else? Because a lot of people yeah. can get up and talk, right? Yeah. There's a lot sure. of people that have the gift of, of yeah. the gap. Like yeah. they're, they're good speakers, they're good communicators. They always have something to say, never a shortage of something to say. But that's not what preaching is. <laughs> right, right. It's not just someone who's, who's able to get up, tell stories, and always have always have something come out of their mouth. Like it, there needs to be substance. It needs to be thoughtful. Like you said, it needs to be you know discerning, parsed right, divided right, God glorifying. You know all those things. Yeah. yeah. What about the kind of the the need to be awesome? The, well, especially today, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and that's again, I, I would thank social media for that because it's not like like image has always been something, right? We we could always look at look at our neighbor and be like, I want to be more like that, or that was awesome. I'm going to mimic that. But like now, we can actually see video clips of rad churches with exciting things going on, and most importantly, exciting personalities yeah. behind the pulpit, yeah. and say, that's what needs to happen here. And it starts. Yeah, with sure. Yeah, you can go out and listen to all these great guys, yeah. and then they, you go to your own church, and it's like, right? Oh. You know, what's well, how many times have we done that, dude? Yeah. Where we've gone to a pastor's conference, like remember Robert Smith? Yeah, we went and we heard Robert Smith preach, and we all came back and we were just like, I'm never preaching again. No, like, I, like I'm, I'm done, I'm washed up, it's over. Yeah, you can't compete with yeah. that. No, you can't that, compete with it. That desire to, like, well, how am I going to compete? You can't with these beat guys? them, join them. Yeah, yeah. skinny jeans and well, faux, faux hawk. You know, there are preachers that, that try to find their voice, especially early on, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are as a preacher, and, yeah. and you have people that you look up to, and so you want to emulate the people that you look up to, and so it's real easy to, you know, get into that mode of, you know, trying to mimic this person or that person or or whatever, and even, you know, taking, you know, things that they've said. And, um, yeah, so I think sometimes it comes from just trying to mimic a hero, so to speak. Right. I think the another one is just burnout. Um, you know, we're seeing that more and more right now, and the stats are kind of alarming to see how many pastors are just walking away. But but when you've just kind of, you know, the well is dry and you don't have anything to offer, that's one of the things I love about the fact that we have uh, multiple pastors yeah. that are rotating. You know, it's not on us every week. Sure. But, but if it were, I can imagine that, that that grind could get, you know, pretty disheartening sometimes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so there might be a temptation for somebody that's, you know, facing burnout to just grab a little help. Yeah, start right. to cheat a little bit. Now and again. I would yeah. say if you are going to steal a sermon, maybe you don't pick, you know, a really well-known right. guy. <laughs> Find some obscure dude that nobody knows about. I'm just right. No, no, don't do it. But, uh, so those are kind of the reasons why it's becoming more common. Why is it wrong? Well, it's we, deception, yeah. right? Yeah. Like first and foremost, like it's a false representation. It's it's deception. Yeah. Because you're 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 selling it as if you came up with this. It originated in you. This is yours, and it's not yours. And you didn't come up with it, and it didn't originate. So it's just it's a lie. Yeah. What if it's not deceptive? What if someone stands up in the pulpit and says, "I'm I'm going to preach a sermon from this other pastor"? Well, that's different. And to make it known, that's you different. Know, it's not deception. That's totally different. That's not plagiarism, right? I don't know. Is Actually, it? that was one of the questions I was going to ask you guys. If if um, you were ever just under the gun, um, what would you do? You know, if you like that Sunday morning you yeah. were describing, you went in and made it work. But if you just had nothing, well, I didn't to make, go God, in, God made that one work. You know, I mean, <laughs> for me, it's like to print off a, a sermon from somebody and just to go in and say, guys, I didn't have any time to prepare this week, but I didn't want to come in without anything. So I've, I've taken this sermon by this guy, and I'm going to use it. I, I mean, that's it's Pull not up an old Spurgeon sermon and just read it. Yeah, I wouldn't make a habit of that, but I, you know, that that would probably be better than pretending it was yours. Obviously, sure. sure. And, you know, maybe or, it's another way, or at to least go into an old one. You know, pull one out of the yeah, archives and. That you that you did three years ago or five years ago, yeah. and be like, hey, you know, there, yeah. there will be something here. Yeah. That would make more sense. I yeah. don't know. So it is theft. That's one thing. What else? What else is wrong about it? 
I think you alluded to, to it earlier about you know just guys not called mm-hmm. who are in the pulpit, and you know part of the calling of the preacher is to be able to you know dissect the word, to be able to to proclaim, to be able to preach, to be able to teach. It's a qualification for being an elder or pastor, <clears throat> and if you're not able to do that, um, and I guess there's probably a distinction between you know the guy that you know maybe once or twice has has committed this act versus you know someone who does it regularly mm-hmm. yeah not not that one's right or wrong i mean they're both you know not good but there's probably a distinction to be sure. had there but but if you're struggling especially on a regular basis to you know pull together sermons um, you know you, you might question your calling as a preacher yeah yeah agreed who does it shortchange first or second <laughs> whatever order you'd like to take it well, everybody. Well, I mean, it, especially the it's it, the the preacher. It, it yeah. shortchanges the preacher. It really does. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the best. I mean, preparing a sermon, digging in, and figuring this stuff out, and the work that it does on us first, oh, man. is invaluable. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's just, and you're robbing yourself of that, mm-hmm. and then in turn robbing the congregation yeah. of it. Yeah. I, I can't imagine not getting to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not getting to prepare a sermon. Mm-hmm. No, it's terrible. Yeah. I can. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you can imagine not having to preach it. <laughs> but I, and I, I think that that's just yeah. the point is that every congregation is unique uh, to some degree. And so with the things that are going on here, at, you know, in, in 3R and Lapine, when we put a sermon together and you're thinking about the families and the lives and the things that are going on, uh, all of that kind of enters into the equation. Yeah. And if you're just grabbing some sermon off, you know, that's yeah. three years old from some other guy for his congregation, it just... You're robbing everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like rule number one for the preacher, like know know your audience, know who it is that you're preaching to, and I mean, I mean that in a good way, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Like there, there's there's intimacy. Like there's yeah. there's uh, we take it personal, the people that God has put under us to to feed, yeah. you know, the word to, and so everything goes through that filter as we're you know, doing exposition here. We're also looking through the lens of those people that that are part of our immediate family. Yep. So, yeah. And when it gets into your bones, you know, and, and it wrecks you first, and there's, there's this passion and excitement that it's got to come out of you now to the congregation, you, you can't, again, you can't fake that. You can't, yeah. you, you can't, you know, I don't know what the word I'm trying to Manif- say. You, yeah, you don't manufacture it. No. Sure. Yeah. And again, you Like, know, you could seem convincing, but it's but not. You couldn't good. get that from somebody else's sermon, necessarily. Yeah. And well, so that's part of the deal. Which, <clears throat> um, and again, I appreciate the fact that, you know, I see that. You know, I get ministered to sure. uh, from you guys in that way. Yeah. There's a reason that we don't just play videos of well-known preachers week after week. Right. We could. Yeah, yeah we could do that. It would be a lot less work for us yeah. you know, if we did that. But there's a reason that we don't for all the you know things that you guys just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So would you guys say this is a disqualifying thing if a, if a pastor's yeah. doing this? Well, yeah. Like, I think if it's something that is discovered has been done, and then there's... You know, um, someone challenges that, you know, brings that to their attention, like, hey, we know that this has been done, and there's a repentance, um, and they move on like it doesn't have to. Okay. But if it's, if, if it's something that's regular, and, uh, and they're like that one dude that you alluded to earlier that just is like, there's nothing really wrong with this. Yeah. You're, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so if it was, you know, a mistake you made and... And yeah. it wasn't a, a normal habit. Well, I've done it unintentionally. You've done it unintentionally. You've done it unintentionally, sure. right? If you if you preach it all on any level with any kind of regularity, you have um, un- unconsciously 
plagiarize right. something. There are no original thoughts. There are no original <laughs> thoughts, and there are so many like random files that we have, right, from things we've heard at one time that just at some, like in the moment, sometimes come to mind. God brings it to mind. You throw it out. You don't give credit to where it came from because you're not even thinking about where it came from. It's just something that that came out, but it was definitely someone else's. Um, and and so even that intent has to. Right. Has to come out. That was actually my next question. Yeah, so yeah. very good. Have you guys ever done it? And we all have. Yes. Uh, now again, there's a difference between ripping something out of somebody's sermon or a quote yeah. and not giving that person credit. Yeah. You know, intentionally just you know ignoring that or leaving that fact out. That would be wrong. And I think we quote people quite a bit, and we always try to give credit for right. it. But the truth is, even over the years that you and I've been doing this together for a long time. Half the things you've said, I've taken to be my things now, yes. and you've done the same yes. thing. Stories, yes. even. We've told I've stories. T- I've told your story sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, where I didn't even realize until afterwards, that's like, awesome. that's not even my story. Like, yeah. that, was, that was great. And it's, but, but, like, it's, it's innocent in the moment. It's just a result of how much time we've spent together and how much time I've sat under you and you've sat under me, and we've had conversations and done life together. And so um, the intent is, wasn't uh, to deceive right. or wasn't to... Uh, puff myself up by owning that as if it was mine. Yeah. It was like, it was legit. Sure. So. Terry, Terry just uh, in the parking lot said uh, an H.B. Charles quote that was, if you steal from one person, it's plagi- plagiarism. If you steal from multiple people, it's research. That works. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but I know that, uh, you know, when you, even when you are preparing and you look in a commentary, you're looking, you get an idea. We don't, you know, always give credit to, you know, hey, these are the commentaries that I've used this week. These sure. are the sermons right. or the podcasts I listen to um, to give the research you've done. And a lot, I don't claim to have an original thought. Like you right. said, if I, if something good's in this sermon, it probably didn't originate with me. It's right. probably coming from somewhere else. And I think we've tried to be honest about that. And sometimes we can't yeah. even figure out where the root is. If no. it's something that's a popular saying or a popular whatever that's been around for a long time. We, we alluded to that this morning at yeah. breakfast. I brought up a quote that I love. And I think one of you said, like, oh, that was Tim Keller. And But I, I've looked at, like... Right. I, I've seen like five or six different people with the exact quote it being attributed to them, yeah. not Tim Keller. And it's, it's like no, no one yeah. even knows where these you things just have come to from. Change it a little bit, then it can be kind yeah, of dude. A quote. Yeah, if you change one word, then it's like <laughs> oh. a scene from The Office where, where Michael Scott he has the uh, he has a Wayne Gretzky quote, and it's like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's the one. Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Michael Scott. Exactly. <laughs> he puts Michael Scott on anything. That's right. That's that, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's a good, we'll end on that yeah. note. Yeah. That's good. Or Michael Scott and then Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. yeah something, something like that. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is that so much of the sermon prep and the things that we do is, you know, you'd like to believe that the Spirit is leading us and guiding right. us to these things. And, and so in some ways, it's all kind of fair game because sure. we're using it to build up the church. But when we're when we're using it to basically build ourselves up or make ourselves look good or take credit for something right. that's not ours, that's pretty ugly. Terrible testimony to the outside world, yeah. too, if they were to ever catch wind of that kind of thing. So anyway. I have a question. I don't know if you have it on your list. No. Uh, well, okay. So <laughs> quick, uh, final question, then. How much is too much? Because, like, we'll all, you know, throw out quotes here and there. Um, oh. and, and I think of, like, one particular sermon I preached years back. I, I lean really heavily on one particular commentary. So much to the point where I just made that note at the beginning of the sermon. Like, I, you know, normally we read a bunch of the articles, commentaries, you know, whatever. But um, you just felt the need to make it known, you know, on this sermon, I, I leaned really heavily on the, and mentioned the author in the commentary uh, that it was super informative, you know, to the sermon. But, like, is there a line in there somewhere where, um, you know, we might be borrowing too much? Right. I've done, I've done that, too, where, where I knew that so much of what I was taking was 
from something that was really inspirational, then I'll, I'll usually mention that. Yeah. So, But I don't know where the actual line is. I think it just yeah. comes down to that. If you've taken somebody's outline, their main idea, the, yeah. you know, the, the whole thing is really comes from their right. inspiration or their thing, then we just mention it. And I've done yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, I also usually add the disclaimer, if you think it's good, credit this guy. Yeah, if yeah. you think it's bad, it's probably that I screwed <laughs> it up. But I think that's fair game. But, I, yeah, because, I, yeah, I, I think that's the best way to go is mm-hmm. just use your judgment a little bit yeah. there. And, be honest about it. I almost feel like we could give a disclaimer every week to say, sure. hey, we looked at these things this week and we got some inspiration from all of them. But yeah, yeah. there's kind of an understanding that that's... We probably ought to have that, like that screen. <laughs> yeah, like we have the like pastoral, pastoral general, general warning. General when we go to preach, yeah. just a new screen. <laughs> yeah. It says, like, we have no original thoughts. Yeah. Like, period. <laughs> well, and we've all probably had times, too, where you like you know, you drop a few quotes from your sermon thinking, oh, we've got too many quotes already mm-hmm. in this, and so I'm going to take right. these out just because it you know feels like too much or whatever. Sure. So... Yeah. So there might not be like a definitive line, but something that we pay attention to. Sure. Yeah. All right. Here's the next topic. Uh, this is something that gets said a lot. I've heard it from many people over the years, and I've even said it myself. I parroted what I've heard to others, and God won't give you more than you can handle. Not that one. That's another <laughs> one. This is a different one. But then one day I kind of thought to myself, "Is that real? Is that right? Because it doesn't seem like it adds up." So the the phrase is. Um, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. You guys have heard that, possibly even taught it. Right. I know I've, I've taught it. Um, is that accurate, do you think, based on what the scriptures teach? Is that even know. close to accurate? Is it even close to accurate? And I believe you have the answer. Oh, I know you. You're just going to let me talk. Well, uh, you know, the interesting thing is that some of the guys that I've heard say, you just sent me a, a thing on Facebook the other day where R.C. Sproul quoted it. Yeah. Um, MacArthur's quoted it. It's in his commentary, D.A. Carson. Um, there's some guys that we really look at as scholars of the word that are smart. These are smart dudes. They yeah. know their yeah. words well. And if yeah. any of them are tuned in today, you know, and, you yeah. know listening. I think they're all dead straighten now. Straighten this out. <laughs> they're all dead. D.A. Carson. No, MacArthur, Carson and MacArthur. They all know now that's not true. <laughs> if Sproul comments, we'll know it's fake. But the right. other two, the other two usually listen. I think so. They might, they might chime in. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, DA. Um, you know, it's always kind of a scary thing when you have people that are really smart and have been doing this for a long time that make a statement like that, and then you you kind of come against it and go, well, maybe not. Uh, but anyway, I looked at it. You know, think about the different phrases that are associated with heaven and hell in the in the Jesus's words is what they're saying. So I, I just did a quick search from Matthew to Acts mm-hmm. because those are the only ones where you'll find red letters. Uh, use terms like um, hell, Sheol, Gehenna, Hades, Abyss, grave, grave, anything. Outer darkness. Yeah, any. I mean, a lot of those kinds of phrases. And um, hell, depending on the ESV or King James, I looked at both of them, 12 to 17 times total. Uh, five verses on Hades, um, three on like the worm doesn't die seven gnashing you know and you can kind of associate those mm-hmm. uh, 31 to 38 on fire and i will say that not all of these i mean it could be that they warm their hands by the okay. fire you know peter stood outside by the fire sure. it doesn't mean hellfire the same thing with heaven and the kingdom so i did the search on heaven and again this could be at jesus's baptism when the heaven opened up it's not always talking about the, you know the final dwelling place but 142 to 152 verses on heaven 124 to 127 on kingdom mm-hmm. It's not even close. I mean, no slight difference. Yeah. Not not even remotely close. Not even debatable. Yep. Questionable. Uh, so what in the world is going on? What is? What so my my theory is that, and we've talked about this. Like I do believe when it comes to the subject of hell, that nobody spoke in much detail about it. 
like as strongly about it, um, as definitively about it as Jesus sure. does in our Bibles. And so I think that maybe over the years, somehow in translation, it just got like, Jesus spoke more about hell. Well, in the sense of like details and, you know. Maybe more than yeah. other people, but, it, but the yeah. truth is he spoke about heaven in great detail as well. Oh, for sure. So, so it's for not sure. like he spoke about hell. In but great we have some detail. of our best. I, I guess my point is that we have we have some of our best um, imagery, like understanding yeah. of hell, right? Because of the things that Jesus did, right? More you know, vividly, particularly about it. when it comes to one whole narrative yeah. that, that he gives us, um, better than anywhere else in the Bible does yeah. that give us a clear picture. So I think maybe somehow that's that's been the the point that's been convoluted. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe it became something. Should else. we put out an invite to MacArthur and Carson to come on one decent pastor and <laughs> see if they want to fight this for us? You, you want to fight? No, Actually, no, we don't want to fight those guys. We, we. <laughs> Dude, I would fight MacArthur. <laughs> just for the, just for the shits and giggles. Yeah, yeah. Just for the shits and giggles. That's not going to get him on the podcast. No. I don't think you're supposed to say that. We're yeah. probably going to get locked. Yeah, YouTube might. Man. That might be a spammy thing. Fantastic. Let's show up to his next conference. Cause a ruckus in the parking lot. You just violated the hate speech and we'll, the violence. Policy. We'll take boxes of our books to his next the book that we wrote. Yeah, our book on how heaven's yeah. way more popular. We'll hand it out in the parking lot. Actually, not joking at all. If if somebody does know the answer to this or has researched this and has a different way of uh, presenting this so that we can understand what these guys are talking about, we would love to hear. Yeah. We'd be all ears. What yeah. do they mean? Because this is kind of a weird thing. Um, the other thing that I wondered about is uh, the way we think of heaven. So heaven, some people don't think of heaven and the kingdom as the same thing. So mm -hmm. maybe heaven isn't talked about very, very much, but kingdom is talked about quite a bit, huh. and they, they make those two different things. What would you guys say to, to that idea? Well, I got, I got, Wrong. I got something <laughs> even worse. That's like it's it. possible that even hell would be considered kingdom language because it, it, is an, it is an ultimate eternal reality in the ultimate kingdom. And so, like, it depends on how far you go with kingdom. Yeah. Uh, to me, kingdom's the biggest subject, without a doubt, that's my opinion, in the, that, that Jesus talked about. Like, that, that yeah. was everything. That everything fell under right. the umbrella of kingdom. So that could be heaven. Yeah. That could be earth. Well, that, that could be that under was, the that earth. That was his message right out of the gate, right? Repent for the kingdom of heaven everything's is kingdom. at hand. Yeah. Well, and, and the, I think we don't think of it, we don't think of, like, the kingdom is eternal, right? Even now. And, and Jesus secured the kingdom at the cross. Yeah. We, we're in, you know, in, in some sense, we're already kingdom people and we're already experiencing sure. the kingdom. Now, there's going to be a full realization of that that's still to come, and we're looking forward to that. Um, but there's, you know, I think sometimes people think the millennium is this is kingdom, and then heaven is something after that, right. and then maybe the new earth is after. I don't know how you parse all that out. It's but, called dispensationalism. Well, that, that is how you parse it all out. Uh, but I know for us, we, we would view kingdom and heaven is being synonymous right. mm -hmm. they're, they're not there's not a difference there yeah so. it's a part of the father's kingdom you know what i mean and and like uh even if we just think about like jesus's prayer right um uh, thy kingdom come as he's teaching us how to pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so you have this idea um it's the implication is that that's part of that is the father's right. kingdom is yeah. wherever the father is and wherever the father is reigning is the Father's kingdom, wherever he has authority. So heaven definitely falls into that category. Yep. Well, and even if you are kind of a believe in a, a millennial reign, you have Jesus sitting on his throne at the beginning of that millennial reign, mm -hmm. and we know that his kingdom has no end. Mm -hmm. So even if you, you start the kingdom there, you still have to carry it on into heaven. The kingdom doesn't, you know, there right. is a, maybe if there's a thousand-year marker there that something changes, but his kingdom doesn't change. No. It doesn't end. So anyway, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know where it comes from, but I think Jesus talked about heaven and the kingdom 
more than Agreed. talking about hell. Yeah. But there could be somebody out there that would say, oh, you just are trying to oh, not talk sure. about hell. Right. You're like everybody else right now that wants to you know, erase right. this idea of hell. And the only other option is to say that Jesus talked about it more. Right. right. <laughs> now, are we doing that? Are we trying to erase hell like it's, it's become popular? No, we love Definitely hell. Definitely not. No, I mean, we, like, of course not, right? I don't know what my problem is today. I'm, I'm on very little sleep last night, so if I, if, I, if I seem a little spunky and um, simply unwise in some of my speech, that's what's going on. So just qualify that. Yeah, so, yeah. A little too enthusiastic. About like if, any, if anyone like came to our church for any period of time and sat under our teaching, they would know that we don't skirt any of that, that it's, it's absolutely necessary to everything else that we teach, yeah. right? I mean, the good news isn't really good if there isn't bad news, right? Like, right. You, the bad news is part of you know, the right. other side of the coin. And, right. and so you've got to have, you know, you've got to preach that, the bad news in order for the good news sure. to, to be good. Yeah, what are we being saved from, right? right? So, yeah. And clearly Jesus talked about both. They're both very important uh, right. truths in the Bible. And we're going to talk about both, you know. And, and so it's, it's not, we're not trying to escape by saying he didn't talk about it as much. That's not the point. Yeah. It's just seems like a false statement. I would just say, before you make that statement again, or before you parrot it, mm-hmm. like we've done in the past, maybe do a little research and see mm-hmm. if that's actually right. a, a real statement before you make it. Because Christians are pretty good about repeating things without always looking into them. Well, I mean, right? like you said, dude, when you're, when you're looking at a list of guys that have said that, <laughs> no. like the list that we have, like, I don't question those dudes. No. Like, yeah. I, tr- I trust those guys. When they make a statement like that, it's like, well, then that's just what it is. Yeah. You know? But maybe not. Yep. Yeah. Well, kind of like we do with with our Bibles as Christians, where we we just you know pick a verse, kind of out of its context and say, okay, this, this means this. Yeah. You know, we, we can do that with these kinds of quotes that, that maybe you know one of those guys said something like that, but there's a you know a context to it and some nuance to it, or you know more more to it than maybe what we tend to pull out. That that's actually right. a, a really good point. I don't know how many times like a quote, especially from Spurgeon, I get so many. I get probably like twenty Spurgeon quotes a day. You know, that comes on my feed because I love him. Um, but but some of those look wrong. Some of the quotes, even from this yeah. dude, yeah. look wrong. And so I have to figure out where that was said or where that was pulled from. And all there's usually always a bigger context that's absolutely necessary to understand the quote. Yeah. Almost yeah. always. So yeah. Yeah. Good point. All right. Last one. Uh, should children sit through big church? No. Uh, <laughs> so as Jesus <laughs> as Jesus plainly modeled for us when the kids came, he said, "Get these kids out of here." They're making you know, get him away right. from. Would, would someone do something? <laughs> yeah, somebody, do you have a deacon or? Were you there? <laughs> were you there that week? I don't. Remember. Church we used to go to. Oh. They were not. Kids were not welcome. Yeah. In in the big church setting, in the big people church, and there was one one child that was that was pretty fussy for probably like five minutes, like fussy, and mom finally got up and stood in the back of the church, to you know bounce the kid around and kind of walk the kid around. And uh, finally, the dude just stops full stride in his sermon and just says, well, someone go back there and help this child out. <laughs> and it was not good. Yeah. It was not good at all. And uh, But they kind of had that policy. So Sunday school was really big. As a result, they had a really robust children's program, which a lot of times goes hand in hand. Um, when, when depend, According to like your, your philosophy on whether kids should be a part of that service and when they should become part of that service. Well, so. let me ask this. What would be some reasons not to have them in the main service? Like, if you were to take that position, what would be reasons not to? Distraction. I mean, that's what I've, I've heard a lot over the years. 
Um, you know, coming from a Calvary Chapel background, there's actually a, a section in the book, right, uh, about kids in service and how they can be a distraction and they shouldn't be allowed. It's a church and, but, but the whole point of it is, is like, you know, taking your attention away from the preaching of the word, mm-hmm. which, which on, on the surface sounds noble, mm-hmm. right? We, we don't, you want to have as few distractions as, as possible. Um, but at the same time, like I experienced what you did once where a pastor stopped mid-sermon and actually scolded the parents. Like didn't ask someone to help them, just like pointed out the parents. And they never came back to church after that. Uh, yeah, um, I, would, I wouldn't you think know. about it too. And, and so, you know, there, there, there's a tightrope probably to walk there. But yeah, I mean, most people would cite, you know, distraction. As well, there's the distraction for everybody else. But even for the parents, a lot of parents come to church because they want to break. Yeah. And they want to be able to right. worship and have, you know, be fed and all that. And, right. and they, for them to not have their kids with them is like yep. yeah uh, really important at that particular time and so that would be yeah for, so not just for the people around but even for the parents themselves yeah i mean there's multiple ways to to like come to a conclusion on that right but as pastors like as far as like what we think like well we're not to that question yet. oh these are reasons why you would oh not have them in the service oh and then we'll get to that so hold your horses <laughs> i'm a dude i'm <laughs> I'm on pins and needles, bro. Well, there's still reasons why we wouldn't have any other reasons why we wouldn't have them in. Maybe the kids aren't able to understand, you know, we think. Um, Maybe they yawn. I know who you're talking about. Maybe they have loud outbursts. Right. I mean, the truth is kids aren't very disciplined sometimes. And if we're, if we're trying to reach unchurched families, which we, are, you know, we, are, we definitely want, that is going to be a bit of a challenge. So, yeah. you know, we kind of had to figure that out over the years. Uh, I think we have an, an ideal of what we would like to see happen. But when you're bringing in people that have never been in church settings and their kids don't know, you know, how to even behave in church yeah, or anything right. like that, you have to consider what to do about that. Dude, the yeah. Etch-A-Sketch saved my life when I was a kid growing <laughs> up in the church. And, and the little uh, slider puzzles, little finger puzzles. Yeah. My mom just had like a Mary Poppins bag, dude, full of stuff. And she just had it all. And I could sit there and just... You know, for hours, handle business activities. That's and now they got you know little video game systems that are handheld. So that might be crossing the line. Is it? I don't know. Then you're. I don't. Maybe not. You know, like is that blasphemy? <laughs> okay, now, David. Yes. What would be some reasons why they should be in the main service, Chad? I answered the last one first, so you can take this one first. <laughs> I really believe that integration is lost, that the togetherness of the church multi-generationally is lost. And I get the practical reasons we just talked about. I was, I was a parent. I've been there, done that when the kids were young and it was just, I just wanted that time for myself. But, um, I think I've really changed on, on where, where the emphasis should really be when the body of Christ meets, when it, when the church assembles together as the called out people, um, and that we're multi-generational, that we're that we have um, um, just just every generation represented in our midst for multiple reasons. Um, it seems like, and this is all, this could take me into a whole other set of things. But as a guy that was a youth pastor, yep. you did a lot of that too. I, I see the damage of of over parsing age groups, Agreed. right? Um, like the long term effects in the church. Like most of these people have no idea how to be a part of the church, and they don't even want to find out by the time they leave the house and graduate high school because all we've done is stick them in their sandbox and say, go play in your sandbox quietly. And uh, when you're 18, we'll pull you out and you can come in. And it doesn't work. They're done. They're they're long gone. So I I don't know. I just just think there's a lot of um, negative implications for um, this thing that seems practical, might even be helpful, (coughs) but is it worth it? 
I guess is, yeah. would be my question. I agree. So I, I would say that's the number one reason is I, I think I think there's uh, that God has built into what the body does when it comes together is necessary um, and valuable for every level, every level. Even people we don't think are capable of getting things. Yeah, they're right. seeing things yeah. go on. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I remember early on in the we would go to a home study at your house, so it wasn't just church service, but it was the Bible study, the home group. And uh, when we got there, the kids would sit in with us, and I remember looking at some of these families with their kids, and the kids would sit there, well behaved on the couch quietly, and then my kids were I was you know we were still trying to work through that stuff and figure it out, but I, I just remember thinking, how did they? These are just weird kids. You know, they, you know, they're not normal kids. That's what it is. And then we would finish the study, and it looked like some out of the Lord of the Flies. These yep. kids would jump up and start going crazy, playing, you know, rowdy, just yeah. like my kids. But they could sit still for an hour and a half during yep. a Bible study. And and what that came down to was, that, you know, it really does provide a way for you to train your kids, yes. to, to discipline them, to teach them to, to sit in the you know, under the authority of God's word yeah. as being taught. These are just really important things for families to figure out. And we need to have grace and patience while people work through that stuff. Well, I don't know I don't know what you ever heard from a lot of your kids, but I've heard from all of my kids at one time like that those were I mean those were seriously formative years and formative times. They may not have always wanted to sit still when Friday night would come around. Right. But all of them will point back and refer back to those mm-hmm. days as being some of the most valuable. Like they heard things, they got things into their ears and into their hearts. They have really good memories yeah. of what that was because of what it was. You Think know about what, I mean? what they're experiencing, even in church. You know, they're they're watching the congregation come together as yes. a family, singing songs of praise to yes. God, hearing the word of God spoken watching the praise and prayer time yeah, where the right. family is caring for each other, bearing each other's burdens, enjoying communion, all of these things. Even the wrestling and the sharpening and yeah. We're yeah. working out our salvation together. Right. The kids are yeah. all yeah, saying that. that. I mean, what, kind of, what kind of price can you put That's on That's awesome. That's what should be happening. Totally. And it's frustrating to see, um, you know, and I understand running effective children's ministries um, is super hard. For sure. You know, it's, it's difficult to find good people to, to really do, you know, when you have that, I remember, like we've had a couple in our in our kids' past that, the investment they made in my kids was amazing, mm-hmm. and and that does happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times you're almost just you're abdicating your responsibility to your kids True. to somebody else in a way that's kind of right a problem. Well, none of us would disagree with like the benefit of um, like m- the most effective learning, right? And different ages yeah. learn different ways. Like just like I said earlier, like know your audience is like one of the. Um, the first rules to effectively communicating your sermon is knowing your people. And so it's the same thing with kids, you know. And so when you have teaching that's actually geared towards and constructed towards um, a certain age group, that's a good thing, sure. right? You're, you're maximizing what they might be able to hear and, re, and retain. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's our job. That's the, that's and, the parents' and there's also right. there's also the sense, and we've seen this to be true, where we, we tend to segregate all these different people. So you're young. Uh, you go here. You're newly married. You go here. You're dealing with young kids. You go here. Yep. When when you bring all of these people together, and you've got couples who have been married for 50 years, mm-hmm. have raised their kids, and have these answers, why aren't we sticking, you know, right. this group of newly married people with new kids with these guys? That makes a lot more sense. And I love one of the community groups is is doing this right now. Yeah. Um, on Tuesday nights here, and I was just talking to one of the people that go there. And this particular week, there was a, a little bit, you know, kid kind of moving around, and one of the older ladies, uh, you Went know, helped picked it up. Yep, picked her up. I don't yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> terrible. I, I wasn't a knock on anybody's child. I don't know who the child was. So picked the child up, 
and um, and were they distracted from what was going on? Yeah, probably because they're holding a baby. But I mean, you have this grandmotherly kind of thing happening in this yeah. group where the mom gets a break. They're still able to enjoy the service. Yes. I mean, it's just a beautiful. Yeah. it's a beautiful. You got to think that the yeah, early cool. church maybe looked something like that. You would, you would, right? Probably, where, yeah. where you probably had a room that everybody stuffed themselves into, and it didn't matter what age they were, they all sat in that room right. and they all experienced the same experience yeah. that went down. And and those things just took care of themselves, and they yeah. they familyed each other, and they parented each other, and they yeah. helped each other all while they worshipped together. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Yeah. I remember years ago I went to a church that had. Um, in their basement, they would pipe the sermon down into the ba- or the service uh, down in the basement on a screen, and it was the I think they called it the the family training area, and the idea behind it was like especially if you had younger kids, like this is like you could train your kids to sit through church by taking them down you know to this where it wasn't distracting upstairs. The dungeon. <laughs> um, but but the idea was that the families would train their kids you know to sit through service, and the the goal of it was always that like families would participate in the service sure. together, not that they would segregate like you're talking about. Yeah. Could you sit anybody down there that wasn't being well in church? <laughs> it's like, you, you go downstairs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I just thought it was a you know a cool idea that the church had the value of you know families yeah, participating in service together, and they provided an opportunity for parents to help train their kids because it's all, it's embarrassing for the parents. I think at times too, parents feel bad if their oh, kids are being fussy uh, and they feel like they're you know being you know the center of attention, and, yeah. and you know I think that um, you know, if they feel like they're being distracted, that could keep them from participating in no and coming to church as well. And you know, I think, I think we try to foster you know some grace for that, and uh, you know foster a high tolerance for you know the quote unquote distractions, sure. um, not wanting people to feel awkward or singled out if, if their kids are a bit fussy. Well, that was the next question I was going to ask was how how can we as a church accommodate having kids stay in with us? What can we do um, to to encourage that and to help it along? Yeah. That, that would be a great Tolerate example. It. What yeah. else can we do? You know? Yeah. Well, I think we need to make it known that, that we're okay with that and that we, we even like it. Like yeah. and so we regularly, I think, need to just vocalize it. Your stomach or the saw? It's not. That's Chad. It's, not, <laughs> it's the saw, trust me. It's not something that's, that's uh, maybe mentioned that much. And so, like, sometimes people just need permission and they need to just yeah. know, you know, what we're thinking. And so... Uh, I think just vocalizing that. Yeah. Uh, good. And, and the truth is, like, obviously, like, even though I may have some strong opinions about, you know, um, why kids should be in there, like, this is an individual thing, and you're probably yeah. going to go there as far as summing it up. But, like, th- this is something that, that each parent needs to come to their own conclusion on. It's not horrible to send your kid right. to Sunday school, and it's not horrible to bring your kid in. Like, find what works best for you, and you're probably going to have reasons why, you know? And so it's our job just to make sure that we're able to foster both, right? Whatever that conviction is uh, that the parent has, uh, we want to be able to reasonably meet them somewhere where they're able to accomplish what they need to. I think we had a couple one time, I think it was you, Brent, when we were down in Lapine, they had a baby, and we don't get a lot of babies in Lapine. And so when we get a baby down there, the, the grandmas are just ogling over the baby. And I think it was you that just went up to them and said, look, we love babies here, and just trying try to set them at ease. And, and, and it was a good baby. It wasn't, you know, maybe didn't cry or fuss or anything like that. But I just remember you just setting them at ease right out of the gate saying, we love babies, and, you know, it, it's okay if That's the baby's fussy. Helpful. And, yeah. you know, very I just thought it was cool, you know, the way that you did that. Well, and I think we, we try to say that when we excuse the kids sure. for Sunday school on Sunday mornings here at 3R. We just say, hey, you're welcome to have the kids stay in with us. We love having kids in here. But they can also go to Sunday school. It's, you know, it's kind of your call. Yep. But we want to make sure that we've, we've allowed kind of – some grace for them to be right. in there and, and take for part sure. in it without making them feel, you know, shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, creating a culture of grace. Uh, kids are going to be noisy. Kids are going to be kids. They might run around a little bit. They might you know do some things. But yeah. praise God that there's kids in our midst. Right. I mean, it's exactly. what, a, what a blessing. Exactly. To, to a contrast that story, I remember years ago I was in a church where some parents came in, and they were they were the kind of parents that like they didn't really parent their kids during church. You know, they would just let their kids do it. And, like it was over the top, yeah. distracting. And one time this kid was just like running laps, you know, while music was going. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was terrible. Did you trip him? <laughs> Face planted in the carpet. Just threw it <laughs> And after after the service, one of the musicians came up, pulled me in my office, like we need to talk, and just he was red and shaking. Yeah. He's like, that can't happen again. It just was so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there, it, like it, it was over the top and needed sure. to be addressed, but it was just, but there was this whole idea of like, you know, we can't have this distraction, and you know, if the kid's going to be like that, they just need to stay home. You know, like just was angry about mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, in, in a way that I, that I don't think was you know honoring to God and wasn't you know gracious towards. So, the family. so what has become the priority for that man at that point? Right, right, to be so angry at, at that over something else, right. and, and that's where we always have to be careful of what our right. What our biggest priority yeah, is. Probably what that family needed was for you know, an older couple that had been there yeah, with their sure. kids to come alongside them and say, yeah. look, you know, let me, you know, can we talk about this? And you know, yeah. let me tell you, here's what worked with my kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, offer some help you know, ra- rather than you know, taking offense. Right. Right. And it's know, okay to address you. something that's distracting the entire right. worship service. I mean, that, we don't want that either. Right. Uh, but we need to be reasonable with this kind of stuff. Right. You know, kids are going to be noisy, and, and by yeah. all means, they should you know, be there. What, what, is, I mean, what about like um, finding... It's like kids are a blessing. I, you know, having them in there with us is a blessing, not just to, to the kids, but also to the church itself. And so finding meaningful ways for to kids to feel like they're part of the family and maybe ways to serve mm-hmm. the church, um, I think that's another way we can accommodate. Sure. We've, we've seen some younger people, whether it was leading worship or, yeah. um, you know, I, I, th- I don't know what we could do in that regard, but I think kind of thinking through some of those things. Well, too. we've seen them walk up to the mic, too. We've seen little kids walk yeah. up to the mic at Praise and Prayer yeah. Time. And I always, I love it when you yeah. see one happening. When you, that they feel like they can do that yep. is a pretty cool thing. Well, again, that's their family, and yeah. the blessing that we get from hearing from one of these little ones. Yeah, it's um, awesome. It's, you can't, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. <coughs> about the way we uh, maybe craft our sermons and... and uh, uh, no, you're on yeah, we, we, we should preach that. for an hour to really train kids to sit <laughs> and, and be still. Are you trying to like rip on me right now? Use, <laughs> use five syllable I'm words. I'm being facetious. I know you're <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, again, we're not trying to dumb it down so that just kids understand it. But, I mean, understand that if you've got kids in there, sit, you know, talk in a way that they're going to probably be able to track with to some yeah. degree. And maybe don't be boring. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's... <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, we, we can we can present things in a way that's kind of dry and boring. Yeah. and. And that, that's probably true for everybody, but you know, I've seen kids that uh, I remember one time when Jordan Boston was here, and this kid that was pretty young, and Jordan went for a while, and he was hard to understand, hard to track with sometimes. I mean, he always blessed me, and I benefited from his teaching. But there were times when he was fairly, fairly heady and lofty, and, and this kid came up and said, "Man, I wish you would have t- preached for twenty more minutes." <laughs> he was seven or eight. Yeah, but that yeah. that that was a unique kid. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he, he's unique. It was he's a unicorn. But it was still like you know, he was he was getting something, and I wanted more. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was cool. But that I think we cool. can probably present our stuff. In a right. Way that's, uh, Again, knowing our audience. And, yep. And if we're wanting to see multi-generational, um, you know, room full of people, then obviously that's going to dictate a lot of how we craft our sermons right. and deliver our sermons. Yep. So That's yep. good. So maybe a good age to have kids um, join in. Do you guys have a, a kind of a thought on that? 
you know, given our preference. Mm-hmm. I again, I again, arbitrary. Think it, I think it's up to the parent still. Again, like if we would just give a recommendation, like I mean, you guys, have you guys thought about like what's a you know, uh, like nursery is probably something that's good to have. We have Sunday school at this location. We don't at the other location, but like Lindy, I mean, and when the, you start seeing a benefit right. from it, like Lindy and well, that's hard to say, right? Yeah. I don't know how many people I've I've heard of you know got saved it you know, four years old or five years old, and, and it was legit. They followed the Lord all their life. They loved Jesus, you know. Like, it can happen earlier than we think. Um, I know that, like, our daughter and son are talking about that. They just, they have their, their kid could be in nursery, but they don't take them in there. They, right. They they keep them with them. And, again, that's that's great that they feel comfortable to be able to, to do that, even though he's probably not going to remember anything right now that he hears. It's it's for other reasons, that mm-hmm. they, they just want their, their child with them sure. instead of somewhere else. And, yeah. I don't know. It's got to be up to the, the parent. Yeah. I mean, the way we've yeah. got it structured now is we have nursery that, that goes up to, um, like, two. And then we have the Sunday school class that goes up to maybe six or seven. Um, and then we used to have an older kid's class. But, I mean, there comes a point where, man, if you can have your kids in there at a, at a pretty young age and it's doable, yeah. the sooner the better, is in my, in my opinion. Right. Um, and Sunday school class can be, it can be an okay thing. Um, youth groups can be an okay thing. There's no question about it. Uh, but I, I don't think you can really replace the value of the family of God yeah. worshiping together. Yeah, I mean, our goal, you know, to your point earlier, is to, to integrate as much as possible. You know, yeah, we've got things like youth group and Sunday school where there's some, you know, kind of pulling aside age or, you know, seniors groups or, you know, young right. adult, you know, whatever. Um, but the, the bigger goal is that there would be an integration, yeah. you know, yeah. not just all the separate sandboxes. Yeah, integration and assimilation and all that good stuff, yeah. Amen. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Any Easy final, peasy. Any final thoughts? Yeah. No, I think, sir. I think we covered it. Okay. Well, we would still welcome your questions. Yes. If you, if you have them, uh, anything you want us to, to tackle, we would be happy to do that. But I guess that's it for today. Why don't you guys want to tie a bow on it? Yeah, I'll pray. Sure. Got things for today. Um, thanks for our discussion. I uh, pray that it would be beneficial uh, to people. And uh, we pray that you would help us in our endeavor uh, to have a church that does foster integration uh, that spans uh, the way that we class people in age groups and uh, stations in life and those kinds of things. Uh, pray that you would uh, just help us uh, in our endeavor uh, to shepherd people and that you would help us um, to do it in such a way uh, that honors you and that builds up the church. And we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pops. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Just <laughs> trying to get used to you here. I, I appreciate that. Thanks, Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> That's here. a good note to end. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.